What's up, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. It's been a little while. Um, I've missed you guys. Uh, But basically, I've been on this crazy long road trip to see a bunch of the national parks on the West Coast. And that's made recording these a little bit more difficult. But I decided to try out a new format where I kind of do these solo and just talk about what's going on uh, with my life and just talk about you know, current events maybe, or just some topics on fitness and nutrition that um, either come to me from you guys or that I uh, just kind of feel like talking about and ranting about, I guess. Um, But uh, yeah, I've been on this road trip uh, to see a bunch of the national parks. Uh, Basically, I started this road trip, me and my wife started this road trip as a replacement for a different trip that we had planned on going on or a different adventure that we planned on going on before COVID happened. So essentially we were planning on moving to Mexico City and uh, the plan was actually to move there on April 1st Um, and we were all ready to go. We had all of these things booked, um, a place to stay in Mexico City. We had given notice to our landlord that we were going to leave the house we were living in, and COVID happened, right? And so, uh, obviously, traveling was not an option at that point, and uh, we had to go through all of the craziness of reworking those plans. And uh, thankfully we got our landlord or we got a good deal with our landlord to stay month to month at the place that we were at. And we were able to have our bases covered on that end. Um, But, you know, dealing with that disappointment, we were trying to figure out what can we do instead? We still wanted to do something adventurous. um, And since we couldn't travel anywhere, uh, we thought, well, maybe we'll take a trip around somewhere in the United States uh, once things calm down a little bit. And so we had actually been gifted a puzzle that was a puzzle of the United States with all of 59 of the national parks mapped out on the puzzle. And so um, we started that puzzle during quarantine, and it was kind of the impulse for us to start planning this big road trip to see a bunch of the national parks on the West Coast. Since I live in Arizona, in Phoenix, Arizona, makes sense that we do a bunch of them on the West Coast because those are the easier ones for us to get to. Um, And so, um, which, going back to that puzzle, though, that puzzle was literally the hardest puzzle I've ever done in my entire life. It was a thousand pieces, I believe, uh, which is doable. But the hard part about it was that most of it, I'd say half of it, was just two colors, dark green and beige. And so it was like the the ocean was beige um, with some occasional blue lines indicating that it was supposed to be water. And then the, sem- the country itself, the United States, was all dark green. And the only other colors or, or outlines in there was obviously the border of the United States. And then the other colors were like the pictures that depicted each national park. And so like we got, we got all the little pictures taken care of pretty quickly. That wasn't hard at all, but that was like halfway. And then all of a sudden you have half the puzzle left and all the pieces are the same color. And the way they cut the puzzle, all the pieces were like similar shape as well. So you couldn't, 
like sort them by unique shape or anything like that. You just literally had to guess at each puzzle piece over and over until you got it right. And so if you have never done a puzzle like that, where everything is like one or two colors, then unless you're a fan of torture, I don't recommend it. But uh, we got halfway and my wife was like, man, I really want to finish this. It's going to be too much work. But I guess I'm a fan of torture because I decided to finish it. And it took us a really long time. But by the time we finished it, it was like, wow, we, I mean, this was such a hard puzzle. It's a really cool puzzle. We're going to frame the puzzle, which is something I never thought I would do. I never thought I'd be a person that would frame a puzzle. But um, it gave us the idea to do this trip. And so um, what we're doing is we're seeing like 14, maybe 15 of the national parks up in California, Oregon, Washington, Montana, Wyoming, uh, Utah. And then we're finishing with uh, the Grand Canyon. Um, Funny enough, little fact about me is that I was born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona, lived there most of my life, except for like a year and a half when I lived in Tampa, Florida for grad school. Yet I've never been to the Grand Canyon. And it's one of those things where you have it in your backyard and you take it for granted and you say you're going to do it, but you never do it. And so I never, I just never took the trip to go up there. So uh, we're going to finally do there. I'm going to finally see the Grand Canyon for the first time at the end of this trip. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, I have some pride about my state. Uh, you know, Arizona is a cool place to live, despite the fact that it's really freaking hot in the summer in Phoenix. But um, excited to see the Grand Canyon. But so we've seen um, so far quite a few national parks. We saw a Redwood National Park. We saw Crater Lake National Park. We saw Olympic National Park, which is in uh, Washington. Crater Lake is in um, Oregon, by the way. Um, There's actually three national parks we visited in Washington. So it was Olympic National Park, Mount Rainier National Park, and then the North Cascades National Park. All really cool, super beautiful places. Saw a lot of wildlife. There's a rainforest in Olympic National Park. If you didn't know that the United States had a rainforest, they do. It's located in the Pacific Northwest in Olympic National Park. Um, And I think it's one of the only rainforests in North America, if I'm not wrong. Um, Super awesome countryside. Only downfall of it is it does rain quite a bit, and we weren't spared from that at all. We got rained on pretty constantly for like two days and it made things miserable. Everything got wet. Um, the car, the, the truck got wet, the clothes got wet. And when you're camping, there's really not much you can do about that. It's not like you can just uh, go inside and throw things in the dryer. Uh, Cause by the way, we're doing all of this road trip living primarily out of my 2002 Chevy Trailblazer, sleeping in the back of that thing. All of our belongings are packed up in that truck in every little crevice you could ever think of, boxes, so on and so forth. When we would sleep, we would put everything on top of the truck and tarp it and tie it down. Um, Or if we were camping in a campsite, we'd put it in our big tent that we bought. But... um, so yeah, it's like uh, we, we're not able to escape the elements at all 
And we kind of learned our lesson on that one because it was kind of brutal. And uh, it was also pretty cold. It was, well, for us, it's cold. It was in like the 50s and 60s, which for a Phoenician who's used to 115, 120 degrees in the summer, um, pretty damn cold. But um, yeah, so from there we went uh, through Coeur d'Alene in northern Idaho, and then we just got done with Glacier National Park, which was absolutely stunning. One of the most beautiful countrysides I've ever seen. Uh, we got to see um, marmots. I don't know if you guys know what marmots are. My wife was like super pumped to see some marmots, which are basically like if you think of a squirrel, but then you put it on steroids and it got and it grew like 30, 40. Well, I, don't know, I don't even know how big they are. I would say maybe 20, 30 pounds. Um, it's like a really big squirrel, but they're pretty cute. They make this really funny noise. It's like a big, high-pitched chirping noise when they're calling to each other. Um, and they're just fun to watch. But they're kind of hard to find because they hide uh, under rocks and, and they sleep underground. And so it's only when they come out to like call to each other that you can actually see them. Um, when I was in Olymp when we were in Olympic, I did a hike solo um, up into as pretty much as close to um Mount Rainier, or sorry, when we were in Mount Rainier is when I did this hike. I, I got up as far, high, as high as I could on Mount Rainier without actually having to get onto the glaciers and, um, you know, get snowshoes and all that kind of stuff. Um, and when I was coming down, I saw this like big look, I, I looked like almost like a cat. Um, and it was, it was crawling under a rock. And so I thought it was going to keep coming out, but it never did. And I hiked around to the other side of it, and it was a marmot. And um, I didn't really know it was a marmot at first until I looked it up later, and I realized it, it was because the way its markings were a little bit different from what I remembered seeing on TV, and um, it wasn't making its its call. It was just kind of chilling and relaxing. Um, but my wife was pretty mad that I had seen a marmot and she didn't. So our task was to try to find a marmot. Um, and, we, and every other place, every other park that we would go to, they didn't have them even though, or we couldn't find them even though they were supposed to have them. And it was like on our last day at uh, Glacier National Park that we passed this overlook and we could hear them. We had the windows down. We are driving up, uh, going to the Sun Road, which is like the famous road in Glacier National Park. Um, that cuts through the entire uh, mountain range and everything. And I could hear them. I could hear these chirping noise. And so um, we see this overlook, and my wife spots one. We pull over. We get out. And sure enough, there they were crawling around, uh, calling to one another. And it was really cool to see that. Um, but, yeah, lots of deer and all that stuff. The one thing that we haven't seen so far that we are hoping to see from a distance is a bear. Um there was a group of people that we uh, that told us a story of a, of a hike they went on earlier in the morning, and a grizzly bear was literally like 20 feet away from them, uh, foraging for food, and they all pretty much shit their pants and uh, survived it. But um, we're pretty lucky to survive it actually, because that thing was getting pretty close. But um, yeah, so now basically we're here at an Airbnb. That's where I'm recording this from, uh, just recovering, cleaning everything, 
uh, washing the truck, washing the laundry, getting the supplies, getting the food, all that kind of stuff, which is something we've done about once a week. You can't live in your truck forever. Uh, it's not like it's not. We're kind of like doing van life without having a van, which means that every now and then you do have to stop somewhere and at least uh, recuperate and recharge. So that's what we've been doing about once a week, trying to find an Airbnb, preferably a private place, even though it costs a little bit more, just so that we can continue to stay socially distanced in this time. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been it's been a great time. Honestly, there's been a lot of challenges. We've had to learn a lot, um, dealing with some flat tires and camp stoves not working and a lot of crazy stuff, but mattress going flat. But, you know, it's kind of worth it. I don't think I, I couldn't have seen this countryside the way we've seen it without having done it this way. So I'm really actually glad that we did it this way. And uh, we're more than halfway there. Um, but interestingly, because they're more spaced out on the West Coast, we've only seen six of the 14 national parks that we're planning to see. Uh, we're going to knock out Yellowstone and Grand Teton, the five parks in Utah, and then um, Grand Canyon, all in like the last third or quarter of this trip. But um, anyways, rambling on about this trip that you're probably uh, either have already tuned out or you are waiting to hear when I'm going to talk about something fitness related, right? And so uh, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about um, how did I, what I, how am I staying in shape on this road trip, right? I mean, obviously I said that we're only carrying what we can on the, in our truck. That means that I don't have access to a gym, uh, but I actually haven't had access to a gym in, let's see, March to now, I guess about six months. I haven't been to the gym in six months, guys. Um, I actually never thought that I would say that, or I never thought that I would have to do that um, because it was definitely a point in time when um, the gym really ruled my life and maybe in an unhealthy way, actually. Um, and so uh, to say it's been six months, um, I haven't lost all my gains. Definitely thought that would have happened. Um, I didn't gain a bunch of fat and, you know, I don't, I don't look terrible. I actually probably look a little bit leaner. Part of that has to do with this road trip, but I'll get to that. And um, I've actually had a lot of fun coming up with training that doesn't involve heavy weights and barbells. I've gotten really good at body weight workouts, um, push-ups, pull-ups, dips. I bought some gymnastics rings. I've been doing a lot of stuff with that. Core work. And just coming up with creative ways to load the body without actually having all of the weights and the equipment. Um, so what have I been doing to stay in shape on this road trip? Obviously, there's been a lot of hiking. Um, if you are somebody who enjoys hiking, you know how much of a workout that can be, especially if you have some tall peaks around you. If you are somebody who has not done a lot of hiking in their life, let me tell you, it's real hard on the legs. It really murders the legs big time. Um, I haven't been able to do quite as much leg workouts or quite as many um, you know, leg days because my legs are constantly uh, recovering from all the hiking that we're doing. Um, I put in like probably, 
at least twice a week, I'm putting in like 20,000 steps and climbing over a hundred um, stories to get to some of the uh, mountaintops and some of the lakes that we've been looking at. Um, besides that, I mean, at least I'm, I'm at least putting in like 12,000 steps a day. Most of the time it's between 12 and well, I would say between 15 and 20,000. And then I'll have some big days where I'm going like 20 to 30,000 steps, which is no joke. Um, but it's been so, so fun. I love hiking. So it's been really awesome to, to be able to do this. It's just sometimes by the third, fourth day of being in a national park and doing all these hikes and you're trying to go up this mountain and uh, you're at elevation. So there's, there's challenges with that, right? Uh, not as much oxygen. You're not acclimated to the elevation necessarily, especially since where we camp isn't an elevation. It's not until you get up into the park and then hike these peaks that you're at like six, seven, eight thousand feet um you start to feel your legs burning and they don't work the same on day three than they worked on day one um and so that's been something that i've been having to keep in mind with recovery and even just working out in general um, i'm already working out hard with the hiking so i don't need to do crazy marathon workouts as far as resistance training is concerned on top of that um, lest I want to burn myself out and not even be able to enjoy this trip at all, which is definitely not what I'm about. So hiking's been a big one, um, but I still have been doing some resistance training. Um, I've been using a lot of the equipment that we brought with us for camping as as weight. So like for, for example, we brought two seven-gallon water jugs that we keep pretty full most of the time. And so I've been using that for like goblet squats or lunges, uh, goblet lunges, um, goblet Cossack squats. Um, I'll do overhead press with that. Um, and the water itself kind of creates a challenge because it's not stable, right? So it's really challenging my stabilizer muscles while also challenging my overhead pressing ability. Uh, lots and lots of weighted push-ups, uh, lots and lots of pull-ups. Um, gymnastics rings, I'll hang them from a tree or I'll hang them from my truck and uh, do some rows or some pull-ups. Um, I make a workout out of like splitting wood, um, as funny as that sounds, uh, wearing the weighted vest around while I'm doing different workouts. Basically, I've been using anything I can. You'll probably laugh at this. Um, I found like a really strong piece of wood. I, so the one thing that is a little bit hard to do is like bicep workouts when you're on the road because you can't really do body weight bicep workouts very easily. Um, usually there's not like a ton of stuff that's the right um, weight to do like bicep curls with. Um, so what I did is I found a really strong branch that was just thick enough to hold the weight, but also thin enough to fit underneath the handle of my water jug. And the water jug happens to be smack dab in the middle of the, of the water, or the handle happens to be smack dab in the middle of the water jug. So I fed that, that sucker through the water jug handle and I did water jug, water jug faux barbell curls, basically. And um, I've gotten better at those. Um, started out, I think that my water jugs with the seven pounds is about like 56 pounds, maybe 60 pounds. Um, and so I started out doing like, I don't know, 15 reps with that. And now I'm up to like 20, 25 reps. So I'm getting stronger. 
Um, and that would indicate maybe building a little bit of muscle. But I think if anything, I'm probably just holding on to the muscle I had and uh, maybe maybe even losing just a tiny bit of muscle. Um, I think I've lost some weight um, from all the hiking and all that kind of stuff. Um, not really been able to keep up with the amount of calories you're burning. Definitely gotten leaner. Um, but you know what? Honestly, um, another thing that's kept me in shape is like the camp work. You don't really realize how much stuff you have to do when you're camping or when you're living out of a, of a, of an SUV. Um, just like from the moment you step out of the vehicle in the morning, like the day starts and you got work to do, you got to, you know, put on some layers and stuff like that. That's one thing you got to walk to the bathroom, um, which is usually like you, you don't really want to park right next to it because then you have to smell it all day. But uh, sometimes the bathroom is like, I don't know, a quarter mile away from where you're parked. So you're, you're walking to the bathroom, got to take a pee, come back. Um, you start setting up for breakfast and stuff, which means you got to unload the top of the truck or unload whatever you've got in the front seats. You got to set up the camp stove. You got to get the propane tank off the truck, put it down. Um, you got to, you know, set that up. You start cooking. You're going back and forth from the truck. Then you're done with, you know, you're done with cooking. You eat breakfast. You got to do uh, dishes. So you're loading up the, the, uh, the, we got two basically like two buckets that we fill with water to do the um to do all the dishes um you get done with that you dry it all off put everything back together then you know you're going to leave camp for the day so you want to leave you don't want to leave your valuables there even though you want to trust people but you're going to be on the safe side right so you load up all the stuff back into the truck which some of it's heavy so you're putting it all in a specific way because you got to you got to pack everything in the SUV a certain way for all for it all to fit and make sense by the time you get done with all that and you're on your way to the national park or whatever you're going to do for the day it's actually been like a, a couple hours of constantly moving so then the drive, you get to rest, and then you go and you hike, and then you, you do that all day, and you know, you're know you never actually just sitting around unless you're driving, and then when you come back, you got to do it all over again, except kind of in reverse. You unload the truck, you get everything done for that, you start cooking again, um, you do all the, the dishes again, you load everything back up on top of the truck or inside of the tent, and then you, know, you set up your, your, your bed in the back of the truck you set up your uh, window shades so that way people can't spy on you and the sun doesn't get in at five o'clock in the morning and um, by the time you are settled in for bed and ready to you know turn the lights out it's really been non-stop so all that to say I've been keeping in shape because it's been nonstop. There's a lot of work to do every day. There's hiking pretty much every day, except for when we're in, you know, like an Airbnb or we're driving from place to place. And I've been trying to get in like, I, I try. the goal is three workouts a week. Sometimes it's been two, but uh, usually I'm getting three, maybe even four, depending on how I'm feeling. And so, um, you know, staying in shape actually isn't that hard, you guys. Um, you don't really need the gym to be in good shape. Um, now granted, if you're somebody who's starting out 
and you don't have the strength to do body weight workouts or you know pull-ups and stuff like that you got to be a little bit more creative but you know what honestly one thing that this pandemic has taught me is that I don't need to be as reliant on all these luxuries like the gym like you know having everything perfectly dialed in as far as, you know, I got to eat my meal one hour before I go to the gym because then I'm going to have, or else I'm going to have a bad workout or I, you know, all that stuff doesn't matter as much as you think. It's really something that you kind of put in your head and you almost nocebo yourself with it all. As At least that's what I found for me because um, when, when the quarantine happened, and I lost access to the gym, I found ways to work out at home. Thankfully, I had some equipment like dumbbells and pull-up bars and all that stuff, but it really wasn't that hard to stay in shape. And there was actually a point in time there where I was, through measurements, seeing that my like my arms were getting bigger, my chest was getting bigger, and I think all that was just a change in the way I was training for sure. But Essentially, it just told me that, you know, all this dependence and, and crazy uh, control over over getting things perfect with the gym actually doesn't really matter. Like, actually, may, I think maybe relaxing on that stuff and having peace of mind is more beneficial for you than the actual stringent nature of all of that stuff for a lot of people. Now... If you're a professional bodybuilder, you're a professional strongman or a professional uh, powerlifter or professional strength athlete in general, then yeah, you got to worry about that stuff and everything needs to be perfect. And if you're working out at home, you better have a really good home gym, blah, 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 so on and so forth. But for most folks like myself who are really into fitness, I mean, I really love fitness, guys. I really love working out. It's something that brings me a lot of joy. But I don't need to be super strict and I don't need to worry about all of these, all of the minutiae when it comes to staying in shape. That's what I've, that's what I've, that's what, that's what 2020 has taught me. 2020 has taught me to roll with the punches. And I hope it's taught everybody to roll with the punches because a lot of punches have come our way in 2020. And hopefully for you guys, you're surviving and you are thriving even during this time. Um, but that's definitely a lesson. So that was something that I guess prepared me already was, um, the quarantine and, and learning how to work out without the gym and then learning how to progress without the gym. Um, that really prepared me for this road trip because then I went from having limited equipment to even more limited equipment. All I had, all I brought with me on this trip for working out was a weighted vest that is 40 pounds, or I think it's any anywhere between five and 40 pounds, whatever I want. Um, some resistance bands, like those long ones um, that you can do like uh, accommodating resistance with, um, and some mini bands as well, and uh, some gymnastics rings so that I could do pull-ups and dips and rows and um, push-ups if I wanted on the on the rings. And that's it. Everything else that I brought, everything else that I've used for workouts have just been things that have been laying around, whether it be finding big rocks, whether it have been using the water jugs that I talked about earlier, whether it have been using the axe that I brought with me to cut wood, and using cutting wood as like a cardio, um, whether it be, uh, what else have I used? I've used my propane tank 
as like uh, to do bicep curls and triceps work with. Um, what else? Um, I've used my axe also as a as sort of like a faux barbell for the resistance bands. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just making the most of whatever you have around, right? And so that's how I've been staying in shape. Um, I think that the quarantine and having to write all these programs for my clients with most of them having very little equipment at home and not having a, a big home gym to work with really helped me to reshape how I look at working out and reshape how I look at programming in general and just looking at things more abstract and looking at things more in, you know, bigger picture as far as, you know, getting better is concerned and not, not worrying as much as about the minutia controlling those things when you can, but not, um, not, not losing the forest for the trees. Right. And, um, as far as nutrition goes, staying in shape, I haven't counted macros since I started this road trip. So that would be ever since the end of July. I started this road trip July 31st. So, um, it's been, uh, about five, six weeks, no macro counting. And I had been counting macros pretty strictly for, I don't know, several years. Now I would have days where I didn't track super strictly and I, and I, I, I would have lots of days where I just estimated certain meals and stuff, but I didn't miss a lot of days of tracking before then. And I honestly was not, not really, didn't really trust myself to not count macros because of my background having been obese. Um, my hunger signals can be a little bit out of whack. Sometimes I get this tendency to just keep eating. And I think that's just part of having been obese in the past and having that tendency. So I didn't really trust myself with not counting macros, but when you're on a road trip like this and, um, you know, it's kind of ridiculous to bring a food scale with you and try to do all of that stuff and weigh everything out while you're trying to cook in a in tiny little camping stuff. It's just not ideal. So I decided no macro counting. We're just going to go intuitive. I'm going to eat based on how I feel I need to fuel for my, my workouts and for hiking and for just being humid in general. <laughs> but, uh, uh, it's been working out. Um, I'd say I've lost probably five or 10 pounds. I don't know for sure. Cause I don't have a scale either for uh, body weight, but uh, I've been trying to just keep my protein up. You know, I've been eating eggs in the morning, um, oatmeal, stuff like that. Um, trying to, trying to cook a bunch of meat ahead of time when I'm at an Airbnb having lunch meats and stuff. So I can have those, um, in the middle of the day and then at night always having some protein and a bigger meal and maybe having like, um, a protein bar along the way or a protein shake or something like that. But, uh, honestly with all the activity that's, that's been going on with the hiking and the driving and all that stuff, like it, it's actually kind of been hard to eat. Um, and so I think that's why I've lost weight when we stay at Airbnbs. Usually we stay at an Airbnb for about two nights. I'll try my best to eat a lot more on those days to try to make up for it and fuel for the for the hikes ahead, but um, probably 
definitely lost some weight. And honestly, you know, um, we all have a ton of stored energy on us, and that's what it's there for is to carry us through these times where we're not eating as much or being really active. So I'm not worried about it. Um, <clears throat> I'm also not worried. No, oh, excuse me. <clears throat> Don't you hate it when you get something stuck in your throat and uh, makes you sound stupid like I probably sound right now? But, um, <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, essentially, uh, what was I going to say? Um, lost my train of thought. Anyways, I'm not worried about the weight loss. I think it's going to be fine. Um, oh, I know. I remember what I was going to say. So I think a lot of people make a big deal about, you know, losing their gains, um, you know, not having things be ideal, like I was saying earlier. But you know, losing some gains, detraining a little bit. Like, am I in? Am I in powerlifting shape right now? Hell no. Could I get on the platform and put up a, any kind of respectable total? Absolutely not. Um, am I the biggest and strongest I've ever been in my life? No. But there's a lot more to life. Um, for me, there's a lot more to life than just big muscles and you know, being as strong as possible. I want to be strong. I want to have, I want to have a good physique, but I also want to do cool stuff like see 14 national parks over the span of two months. I also want to be able to hike a bunch of really cool mountains and get to the top of them and see things that you would have never been able to see. There's no roads that go to these up to the top of these mountains. There's no roads that go to these hidden lakes that I've been seeing, you can only get there one way and that's by hiking. And, you know, if I were afraid of losing some muscle because I'm going to go on a hike, then I will never experience these things. And so I think that that's something that maybe all of you and, and a lot I've tried to instill in a lot of my clients is that like your goals are really individual to you. And um, it's okay to give up a little bit of one so that you could have something else that you also want, right? Um, you may want to be super strong. You may want to have as much muscle as you possibly can, but do you want to be that way at the expense of everything else in your life taking a back seat to it? Well, there was a time in my life where I was super strict and super like my life revolved around the gym and my and my eating schedule and I had to eat every you know few hours and I got really cranky if I didn't and I had to eat clean or I had to know what the macros were so on and so forth. Um, if I went on vacation, I had to know where the gym was going to be that I could work out in. Um, and looking back on it, it just wasn't a healthy way to look at things based on the fact that like I wasn't, it wasn't part of my, it wasn't mandatory for me to be that way. Um, yes, being in shape and being, you know, doing all this is sort of part of my job as a coach and as a fitness professional. Um, you know, I got to stay up on the trends. I got to, you know, nobody wants to hire a guy who doesn't work out, right. To tell them how to work out. But it doesn't, it also doesn't mean that I have to be like, you know, 
an MMA fighter during training camp 24 7, 365, right? I, I have to pick and choose my spots as to when I'm that strict on myself and that regimented, and pick and choose my spots when I let myself relax and, and, and have an, a quote unquote off season or a quote unquote relaxed period of time where, yeah, maybe I do lose some ground. Maybe I do lose a little bit of muscle. Maybe I do lose some strength or some whatever, uh, you know, adaptation that I've been working on, but I do it because it's going to allow me to experience other things. Maybe, you know, that's a vacation with my family or vacation with my wife, or maybe that's, you know, when kids come along, you know, you can't be as, you can't be as strict and, and crazy on things 24, seven, 365, when you got a little one coming along and um, that's still hopefully in, you know, not quite in the immediate future for me and my wife, we're planning on having kids at some point, but maybe not within the next few months or anything like that, or in the next year or anything like that. But, you know, when that time comes, um, I got to learn how to be a little bit more chill about having to uh, miss a workout or, or not even working out for a whole week sometimes because uh, we're taking care of a baby. You know what I mean? Um, so, it's basically what I'm trying to say is it's okay to let yourself take a step back. Sometimes it's going to come back. If you've been there before, it's easy to get back there. As long as you don't let yourself go completely, right? If you let yourself, if you let yourself go from a 10 out of 10 intensity in the gym and your regiment and everything down to like a six out of 10 or a seven out of 10, then you're going to be, just fine when you turn it back up to that eight, nine, and then eventually 10 again. In fact, that's literally what every single athlete does every single year in between their seasons. You think LeBron James goes around training at the same intensity 24-7-365? No. He trains really hard, getting into basketball shape for the season. He allows the actual basketball season to continue to get him in shape. And he tries to peak at around the end of the season to bring him into the playoffs where he's playing his absolute best. And then as soon as the playoffs are over, no matter what happens, I guarantee you he takes a nice extended vacation where he doesn't pick up a basketball, he doesn't lift any weights, he just relaxes and recovers. And then after a little while, he gets that fire back in him and he starts playing again, he starts lifting weights, he starts working on things that he um, maybe wants to work on, whatever jump shot or new, you know, whatever that he's working on that he wants to improve his game on. And then uh, at that point, he's still not working himself into basketball shape. He's just working on things. He's just he's using his offseason to improve his um, weaknesses because those strengths are always going to be there for him. And then when the time comes, he starts ramping it back up again. And so all of us sort of forget that we can do the same thing in our own lives. We can we can allow ourselves to have our relaxation and take time to do other things besides just constantly work out and train hard and, and, and meal prep and all that kind of stuff. Relax a little bit. It's going to come back. I know I know that when I come back to the gym, 
uh, whenever that time comes and I spend six to eight weeks training like I used to with dumbbells and barbells and the periodized program, you know, six to eight weeks, I'll be back in, in, into really good shape. And within three months, I'll be back to the same strength and the same, maybe not the same strength as all time, but I'll be back to the same muscle mass that I had before I started this whole six months with no gym. And probably within six months, even less, I'll have all the strength back that I had before. And then some, I'll, I'll probably be stronger than I was before. Because right, of all now, all this time that I've been spending without the gym and without killing myself in the gym, I'm probably healing all these little nagging injuries and things that I've had that have been accumulating along the way. And God knows that they have accumulated along the way. So um, basically, what I'm saying is don't worry about it. Give yourself permission to. Do things besides constantly work out. Give yourself permission to experience life if you want to. Give yourself permission to work on things that aren't just building muscle or strength. You know, train for a 5K if you want. Train for hiking the Grand Canyon if you want. Your gains will still be there. They'll come back if you lose them. Everything's going to be fine. And that's uh, kind of another lesson that I have taught myself over the past year or two. It's just not to take myself so seriously when it comes to this stuff. And it's actually better for you in the long run if you don't. So, uh, yeah, um, that's kind of what's been going on in my life. That's kind of what I wanted to riff about here. Um, just uh, hopefully you guys find this helpful. I mean, I'm sure a lot of you have felt the same way that I have felt or have found yourself in the same kinds of situations of feeling like you're you know, maybe a little kind of constrained by your lifestyle of of bodybuilding or powerlifting or whatever it is that you're into. Um, and maybe you've thought to yourself that you uh, want to explore and experience other things in life without having that burden or without having that, um, that uh, I think it's more guilt and anxiety when you don't do things the way that you, that you know you should be doing in order to maximize your efforts in the gym. Um, but, uh, I think it's better on this side, guys. That's my opinion. Uh, hopefully you guys can find that peace in whatever you choose as well. But, um, that's what I got for you guys. Um, not too long of a podcast today. I think I've talked to you off enough. Um, let me know what you guys want me to talk about on these little solo podcasts. I'm still going to do the podcast with guests. I really enjoy those. But um, I really want to just talk to you guys about what's going on with uh, current events and fitness and maybe current events in general and just uh, what's been going on in my life and some of the lessons that I'm trying to uh, learn myself that hopefully you guys can learn through me without having to make all the same mistakes. So uh, that's all for today. Uh, like I said, email me. Uh, DM me on Instagram for some ideas of what you want me to talk about. Um, give me some feedback and, uh, I'll catch you guys on the next episode. All right. Bye.